Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Alan Cumming, and welcome to my shelves. My shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here's my game of Kerplunk. For those of you who don't know what Kerplunk is, it involves a plastic sort of tube. Lots of kind of little different coloured plastic cocktail sticks and a lot of marbles and it's just the best game ever here's two place cards from a dinner I went to one of them says Alan because it was mine and the next one is the person who's sitting next to me it says Oprah here's my remains of the day lunchbox for those of you who don't know the film Waiting for Guffman I exhort you to go and watch it immediately, but you'll also, once you've watched it, realise how funny it is that one of my friends made me a Remains of the Day lunchbox. And today, my guest is my dear old friend, Eddie Roche. I'll do my impression of you doing me. Okay, yes. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I want to hear that. Oprah, (laughs) may I have a picture with you? It would be my dream. Welcome, bienvenue, welcome. The item I'm talking about on my shelves today is actually a book. It's a book that I wrote. It's called You Gotta Get Bigger Dreams. And it was published in 2016. It's actually a book of stories and photographs that I took. And Eddie features very heavily in this book. In fact, the title story, You Gotta Get Bigger Dreams, is all about him and Oprah Winfrey. You see, what happened was, in 2007, I was invited to this swanky big awards dinner at which Oprah was receiving the highest honour. Now, Eddie was obsessed with Oprah, and I just knew that I had to have him as my date for that night. I told my husband, Grant, he couldn't come, that Eddie was going to be my plus one for the evening. What happened that night is the stuff of legend. Eddie was desperate for a photo with Oprah. I told him that maybe that wouldn't happen. And let's just see how things turned out. Hi, Eddie. Hi, mister. How are you? Good, good. Let's just go back into the genesis of this whole story because I feel, you know, I've written about it. I've talked about it endlessly, but we haven't talked about it actually. What what it feels like, and also what it's like looking looking back on something like that. So, first of all, where this all should begin is when did your worship of Oprah begin, Eddie? Well, I obviously grew up with her. 
<laughs> so you yeah. went to school with Oprah. Of, she was on <laughs> she in New Jersey. <laughs> she was on every day on ABC after General Hospital against Phil Donahue. Then Oprah had a moment in the late 90s where she got really, really sort of spiritual. And I, at the time, wasn't really working and didn't have that much to do. So, <laughs> so you're just perfect so, for her. So, so every day at 4 p.m., I was awake. <laughs> I was always awake by then. <laughs> and, um, and you know, and we were, Oprah did this thing where she would like, at the end, it was Remember Your Spirit, I think it was called. And it was sort of, it was very, very spiritual. And she would talk about meditation and all these things. And, and I really, really got into the cult. Um, and then it just, you know, as the show evolved, um, she really became bigger than I ever, 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 than anybody could have imagined. She became Oprah. It was just a religious thing in my life that every day after work, I would come home without fail and watch Oprah's show. Yeah. Um, it was just sort of the one thing that I needed to do every day. Now that's been replaced by The View. Sorry, Oprah. Oh, my God. Um, well, I suppose, was that until Oprah was off air? Exactly, yeah. yeah but like, so. so when you worked for me, you would like go, go home and put Oprah on every single night? Yes, response but uh, you talk about it in a religious way and i mean i i know that i used to rib you about it all the time yes uh, in that i sort of said you're an occult ed you're an occult of opera it's it sounds like it is or it was for you definitely i think it was sort of i think that she talked about things like god in a way that I had never really thought about before. And it wasn't in a GCSE way. It was sort of more as God as love. And I really thought that was kind of a nice way to look at God. Yeah. Not in kind of the, the way that I grew up Catholic and the God in that religion just wasn't a God that I that spoke to me. Or Opus right. God spoke to me. <laughs> so do you mean it's more like instead of being a man with a big beard, being kind of, you know, slightly scary it's more sort of a concept of kindness and love and yeah. looking after people exactly yeah hmm. i think that's the one of the things that, that show that. did so well was they they really encouraged people to be kind and to do things to donate not only like their money but their time and she just had really really interesting guests who sort of awakened that audience i think that's why she is so missed and still so loved because she she really changed so many lives. So this is late 90s. You're kind of just starting out in your life and your career and you're unemployed and just kind of hanging around a bit. And Oprah really filled a big spiritual hole for you then. Yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> and you still are a great fan of Oprah. But when did she stop filling such a spiritual hole for you? A question I never thought I'd hear come out of my mouth. I just would like to point out, but please try and answer it. <laughs> I think maybe I got a job. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I just, I, maybe she was, a, she got a little less off the Marianne Williamson track on the show as well. She did a lot of sort of celebrity interviews for a couple uh -huh. of seasons. The, the sort of the tone of the show shifted, but I still enjoyed it every day. It was, you know, it was a nice pleasure. Although I think I actually got kind of sick of all of the celebrity interviews. Remember we had the row about when she said, I've got something very special coming up. The very special announcement from Oprah will be coming up on Monday. A big thing's going to happen. And it was at the time of the election when John Kerry was running for the Democrats as president and uh, Bush was rerunning. And 
everyone thought, and they sort of played it up, that it was going to be Oprah, uh, you know, making an official uh, support of John Kerry and and, and kind of giving him her support, which would undoubtedly have boosted his credibility and popularity enormously. And it wasn't that at all. What it was was Oprah giving a car away to everyone. Now, that was a... What are your feelings on that, Eddie, the car giving away thing? Because there was all sorts of... It was a mess, was it not? Was it? I don't think it was that big of a mess. I think it was kind of an iconic pop culture moment now. People still yes. use that phrase of, you get yeah. a blah, blah, you, you get, get a blah, car. blah. You yeah. get a podcast, I mean, and you get a it podcast. Was, it was such good TV. It really, really was. I don't think that the time... Oprah, at the time, really never really got into politics. That just wasn't her thing. Um, you Which know, I also find sure. annoying and offensive. I think anyone who uh, speaks so publicly about so many social issues, it even talks about spirituality in that way and kindness and what you can do to help. The fact that you say you're not political, I think yeah. that annoys me because if every every time we go into a shop and buy something, that's a political act. Every time, you know, the, it just the denial of politics or being political is is to me is sort of saying you're a coward. You don't want to. Say yeah. you exist well, in the world. Well, she changed her tune, though. She oh, definitely, time. definitely changed her tune. And I think Obama has, to this day, he has a lot to be thankful for for Oprah because her not only endorsement of him, but you know his appearances on her show were mm. were introducing him to and middle America basically. And, yes. and um, you know that was a super super powerful, maybe the best endorsement he could have gotten. Oh, I think so. Opinion. Yeah. She doesn't like Trump. And recently she she had Brianna Taylor on the cover of O magazine this yes. summer. So great. which I think is a political Oh, I totally do. I'm not I think she completely changed her since Obama, since coming out for Obama, you know, and she came yeah. out for Hillary and all the I mean I, I and and of course the Brianna the Brianna Taylor thing when those billboards I think she's I think she's amazing I love Oprah yeah. I think perhaps I like Oprah are more fervent about Oprah now than you Eddie and I think we've almost like we've sort of intersected in our Oprahness I don't think that's true <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is either. how dare you <laughs> I think that you know I think as a human being maybe I've just sort of calm down from fandom in general though like right I, I think when i first met you i was much more obsessed with barbara streisand than i am now right i'll see i still love babs she has a special place in my heart but i'm not going to madison square garden the day before i see the concert <laughs> to get merchandise like i did many many years just ago. in case they sold out on the night that you actually went you went the night before and bought it exactly. then of course i've never seen anyone quite so slated as you when barbara streisand did the tour after her farewell tour no that really that pissed me off i know because i had framed the ticket that said yes. the last the final performance and then so now that i still have that frame but it's in my closet it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not on any wall so. how ironic you put it back yes. in the closet but what is probably pride of place still on your wall in your apartment in new york city is the oil painting of the photograph of you yes. and Oprah that I took, which is kind of what we're uh, talking about today. Yeah. So what happened was there was a thing, there was a, an awards ceremony, the Eli Wiesel Federation or whatever you call it, association, you know, was having these awards and they were giving one to Oprah. Now I got invited and you had said to me that you wanted to get a photo with Oprah that night. And I said, Eddie, I don't 
think I can guarantee that that is going to happen. And I also would like to point out to you that often when you are out with me in public and people come and ask for my photo and interrupt us, it really pisses you off. Do you remember that? But I'd still like a photo with Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing yes. the work for you. <laughs> Thank you. Giving me my lines. So yeah. So we get to the, the event way early. Now, I don't think either of us have ever been early to a cocktail <laughs> no. party ever. Remember we went to that little Irish bar along the road and had martinis. Yes, but I don't drink martinis. Oh, maybe so. you didn't have a martini then. What did you have? I had a red wine, I'm sure. Oh. So we went to the bar and then, so then we get to the first part of the evening, which is the cocktail party. Now it's full of people. Now Eli Wiesel, we should say, died recently, was a, a survivor of the Holocaust and a great philosopher and writer and everything and, and a great, great man. And this was his foundation. So the cocktail party was kind of full of people of his, his peers who were obviously therefore very, very old. How, did, how were you feeling at that point? I was feeling excited and nervous. And I thought that that was going to be my best opportunity to get the shot with Oprah. If there ever was going to be an Oprah shot, that was going to be the time to do it because... It was intimate. And I, I think Gail was there too. I yes. Remember. So I thought wherever Gail is, Oprah's not far behind. And you just thought there's more, it's, it's, it's not in the big, huge award ceremony. We've got more of a, oh, excuse me, bumped into you. Do you mind if we have a picture kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right. Were you really gutted when we didn't get the picture there? Do you think it was over? Mm, no, I don't think I was gutted. I think I was really grateful for the whole night and the experience and the fact that you you know brought me to this and that you came in especially for this event was so sweet so I wasn't I was okay I mean were you kind of like it would be great if I got a picture of Oprah but I will not be that disappointed if I don't or were you how are you on that scale <laughs> this is like 20 years ago I'm like ah! <laughs> <laughs> But it was the best was, night of your life, Eddie. You I, was, I will say I was, I don't know. I was, I, um, I don't think, I don't remember that I was going to burst into tears. I don't remember that in any way. I thought, <laughs> let's see how the rest of the night plays out. Right. I don't give up easily. No. We go downstairs and initially we're both a little disappointed with our table, aren't we? Yes. The table was probably one of the worst tables I've ever been to in, in terms of where we were. The positioning, at the, at these yeah. kind of events. Yeah, it was really... Because it's a sort of an bad. etiquette of the table. The further away you are from the centre of the room and also the nearer you are to, like, the kitchens. The kitchen, and that, and yeah. Ba- yeah, we yeah. were basically... There was basically, like, chicken legs in our face yeah. uh, as they came out with the things. I remember having to kind of G up your spirits at that point when we found out where our table was. Yeah, but we had a fabulous table. Then it turned around, didn't it? Who was at yes. our table? Edie Falco, who we mentioned Edie. earlier. Yes. Who was lovely, lovely, lovely. And Elizabeth Berkeley, who was also super sweet. Famous uh, from Showgirls. Is Elizabeth Showgirls Berkeley. and Saved by the Bell for Saved by the Bell. Um, and her husband, who I believe is Greg Lauren. And he was really cute and sexy well, as and in nice the, as well. Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh. I think that's his nephew. He's a fashion designer. They were lovely. They were absolutely charming. And she had like a website for girls about sort of things about young girls. And I really admired her. So the evening began and uh, it was pretty, you know, exciting. And uh, there was a Ishtak Perlman played the violin and Jesse Norman sang. It was pretty classy like that. And also... Barbara Walters, which Barbara I Walters was hosting. Yeah, I was at very peak love of Barbara Walters at that point. So 
that was very very exciting for me as well i remember i always think the first time i was on the view Bar- it was when I was doing the anniversary party and Barbara Walters came into my dressing room to tell me she was going to ask me some tough questions about the drug use in the film. And I was like, all right. And then I remember she was wearing a peach uh, suit, like a peach dre- uh, skirt and j- jacket. And I remember it was like effervescent. She was sort of spark, like twinkling. Her entire aura was sort of this fuzzy peach. Yeah, I was there in, uh, in your dressing room that day. Oh, I actually right? remember she said to you directly, she went... I need to talk to you about the drugs. <laughs> and I think you were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's what she said. I forgot so, you were there. Yeah. I was terrified. Yeah. Barbara at the Oprah, uh, Eli Wiesel thing, said this immortal line. She went, we're going to have a short break. And when we come back, Oprah. <laughs> and it was just, I could feel the tension just taking a huge spike, the excitement, the tension. And everyone was like, ooh, it's going to be Oprah, it's going to be Oprah, it's going to be Oprah. <laughs> and we were all, we had like our eyes on Oprah. And remember, Gail came over to say hello. Lovely Gail, Oprah's best friend. Yep. And had you met Gail before? No. So she's a sweetheart. I was actually thinking, after she'd spoken to us and been very nice, I thought, if Eddie doesn't get to meet Oprah, at least he's met Gail. Exactly. Hello. Um... Hello there. What voice do you want me to do? We'll do a little bit. I'll just do my voice. Do your voice. Yeah, thanks. Hello, I'm Joe Marlowe. People think I hate people, but I don't. (laughs) I actually love interaction with people. I love finding out what jobs they do and whether I could do what they do. The Joe Marlowe Show. Joe Marlowe Show. With new episodes every Wednesday. And you remember you took a photo. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, of you and Gail's bum. <laughs> yes. So Gail turned away after saying hi to us. And she was still standing like next to Eddie, but she was now turning to talk to someone else. And Eddie looked at me and went, take a photo, take a photo. So I take this picture of Eddie and Gail's bum because our bum was right by his head. And so that it was at that moment after Gail moved away because there was a sort of a central table with all the sort of like a, it was like a wedding actually like with a big sort of long table with Oprah and Steven Spielberg and Jesus and all these people were <laughs> all the old gags are the best and then you know we were these other tables all around about and when Gail moved out of the way we could see that Oprah was standing up and the whole table stood up and Oprah was going to be moving 
away from the table and she started to come. I, I And you said to me, take a photo, like zoom in on Oprah and I'll be, you know, and, and I was trying to fiddle the focus to sort of try and get you both in focus, even though you're quite far away and everything like that. I, so I was sort of going, looking through the lens and you're smiling away with Oprah in the background coming towards you. And then I realised, this is, the, this is the, the moment of the night for me, was when I realised, because of our terrible table next to the kitchens and indeed the toilets, that Oprah was going to have to come past us because she was coming, obviously, for a pee. And she was going to come right past our table and right past Eddie. I remember realising, I was like, oh my God, she's, she's coming, she's coming, this, she's, she's coming closer. Oh my God, oh my God, Eddie, she's going to go right past this table. And then that's when I frantically thought, I've got to get my shit together because it's really going to happen now and I cannot let Eddie down. And then I started doing all that and I see Oprah coming. And of course, you know, like any huge, huge star like Oprah, there's this kind of like whirlwind around her, wherever she goes. And then I remember looking up and I realized that the whirlwind had stopped and we were inside the whirlwind. And I heard Eddie <laughs> say, can you remember what you said? Do I have to do it? Yes, please. <laughs> Yes, it's the podcast all about it. You've got to do it. <laughs> I'll do my impression of you doing me. Okay, yes. Yeah, okay. I want to hear that. Oprah, may I have a picture with you? It would be my dream. That is you doing my voice. That's not how I talk. Well, it is obviously not how you talk, but that night you were, your, your voice did go up quite several, several tones and with this sort of panic and emotion. I said in, you know, when I wrote about it, I said it was like a little choir boy. So you said, can I have my picture with you? It would be my dream. And Oprah said the immortal words. You got to get bigger dreams. You got to get bigger dreams. (laughs) So I snapped the picture. Oprah moved on. Mission accomplished. Did you say thank you to Oprah? Oh, I hope I did. I'm sure I did. Yeah. Security maybe whisked her away at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm and then, sure she had bodyguards with her. She could. I think gone she did. Yeah, yeah. Without bodyguard. No, she She's did. Okay. Even though the, everyone was like 95 in the room, apart. From <laughs> and I remember saying, because she just said, "You got to get bigger dreams like that." And I said, "Did Oprah just diss you?" And you said, "Oh, who cares? <laughs> Show me the picture." This is the best part of the whole story. So the photo, the photo, we looked at it. It's half of Oprah's face, absolutely in focus, looking beatific. She's smiling, showing kind of a little teeth, not like a whole tooth, just sort of. But she looks yeah. beautiful. She looks like she in like, repose. Let's pick her done. <laughs> yeah, get it over. She's got nice earrings. And then next to her, it's out of focus and smiling like hugely is Eddie. And uh, I, I just think totally perfect that she wouldn't be able to be that present and you in that moment were completely a flurry so it's actually I really really like the picture now even though at the time I was like oh my god I didn't even get all of Oprah's face in poor Mm. Eddie but um you know you made some lemonade yeah baby (laughs) (laughs) so then I I did blast it out I wish I still had that email what was people's reaction oh everybody was thrilled it was, you know, I had met my Jesus. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was hilarious. I guess the weirdest thing, which I didn't really expect, was um, maybe it was about a week later, uh, my friend, my doorman called me and said, there's something down here for you. Come and get it. And 
I got a painting by my friend Scott, who's an artist, yes. of me and Oprah that is literally the size of a house. <laughs> it's, it's gigantic, gigantic painting, which it's always funny to me when I have people come in my house. Some people notice it and some people don't. And I, I just always wonder, the people that don't comment on it, just think... What are those, what are they thinking this is? Because <laughs> like, it sort of looks like Oprah, but it could be any beautiful black woman. Um, and maybe people don't even know it's me because it was so long ago. So it's so a little blurry. That, yeah. So, I mean, I never asked for it, but it was a very nice gift. Sometimes I think I, I'm ready to take it down. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Just to have something new on my walls. Right. I'm actually thinking about bringing it to your house upstate. Oh my God, I was just going to say, if you're throwing that out, I want <laughs> no, it. No, I'm, I'm never throwing it out. <laughs> no, you could lend it, like, a, would... like, a, like a, how you lend <laughs> famous <laughs> paintings to different museums <laughs> and galleries. Just lend it to Maybe me for Maybe I will, will do that, yeah. So um, who knows what's in your future, Alan? Oh, that's exciting. That's something to live for. <laughs> <laughs> then you wrote the book. Then I wrote a book and used the st- I wrote a story about that whole evening and... I called, the actual book is called You Gotta Get Bigger Dreams, which is what Oprah said to you when you asked her for a picture. And I guess that's why I talked yeah. about it so much is because it was the title of the book and everyone <clears throat> was fascinated. But I did tell story. that story. I told that story like hundreds and hundreds yeah. of times around the world when I was promoting that book and, and ever since actually like that. Yeah, even I'm sick of hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, the next. And you, Ed, Eddie became this, uh, you know, this sort of mythical person that's talked about all over the world. Yeah, but, I've gotten messages from people being like, are you Eddie? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I am. Um, <laughs> so. Then what happened? One day I got a text message. So then, so a few years go by, just through a bizarre series of circumstances, I am sitting at a dinner in, uh, in the West Coast of America. And I am sitting, I, I, go, I look at the table, my little name card says, Alan, I look to the right, you know, the way you always look who you're next to. It just said Oprah. Of course, I stole both of those uh, um, name cards. I was sitting next to Oprah at a table of six people at this amazing, uh, there's lots and lots of tables, of course, but I was next to Oprah. It was such fun. We had such a laugh. She was so charming, told hilarious stories, important stories. I mean, I, I just thought she was a darling. And we got on to Eddie, the book, and the, you got to get bigger dreams and blah, blah. And she knew about it. And we talked, and I said the thing that I... In that, you know, I said how when she first said you got to get bigger dreams, I thought, did she just diss Eddie? But then I, I said, when I thought about it afterwards, is that you're absolutely right. That even in that moment of like, you know, what must happen to her, it happens to me a lot when I'm out in things. I can't imagine what it must be like for Oprah, like getting kind of mm-hmm. bugged by crazy people who are obviously in, in a state of great anxiety and panic and their voice is going to weigh up octaves like yours did. She must get that so much. But even in that moment, she was actually able to say something wise and beautiful and important for you. That the idea is that you you should get bigger dreams. You should have bigger dreams than just wanting to get a photo with me, uh, uh, with Oprah. It almost in a way releases you from that. And you can now seek other dreams, more more sort of um, fruitful and important dreams. Yeah. So we had a really nice chat about it. I said about, you know, that's what I'd thought. And then I said about how, you know, I actually 
thought it was a really beautiful moment and even in that stressful situation she was able to be wise and give you this great advice and she started talking about it and she said well what I meant was I meant Eddie to lean into because that phrase that Oprah always uses I love it I'm leaning into something uh, leaning into his dreams I went oh god Eddie would love to hear this she goes well let's make a let's make a video for him and I was like what and uh-huh. so I get my camera out and I just think I'm just thinking this will make Eddie's life this will make Eddie will I'm actually worried I was actually sort of worried you might have a heart attack or something when you, when you <laughs> got it <clears throat> so I make a little video and I go it's me, I, it's me first of all going hey Eddie how are you just wanted to tell you I'm, I'm at dinner and with a friend they want to talk to you and I pan over and Oprah talks directly down the lens to Eddie and what does she say to you Eddie she said Eddie I wasn't dissing you I need to lean into my bigger dream that was her her quote and then she said the only thing that would be better right now Eddie is if you were here with us and I was like oh my god I went to the loo and it was at an event where you really were not supposed to take pictures and everything like this. Oh, I need to go to the loo. And I texted this to Eddie. And then where were you when you got it? I was at the table I'm sitting at right now with five friends and it came in and it was so fun to actually have other people to to be with because we were just sitting around and then it became kind of this Oprah party. It was, <laughs> you know, it was so so funny. So we watched it fifty five thousand times, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and it was just the sweetest, sweetest, sweetest thing of her and you to to have done that. It really it made my day Aww. more than my day. It made my life now. Um, How often do you look at it? Not that often, actually. I I, I sometimes have trouble finding it. Oh my god! So r- last night I kind of I know I, I've. I finally found a version of it last night that I think I will be able to keep forever. So yeah, I don't watch it that much, but uh, maybe I'm not as obsessed as I was. Maybe you're right. Well, in a way, Oprah has released you from (laughs) the bondage of of Oprah. I think that that day maybe was when she gave me to the the world. I now work in fashion for a magazine for the past 11 years. And um, in December, I was pitched Gail King to interview. Yes. for Saks Fifth Avenue, where she was doing the Christmas lights. I, I, my first reaction was like, I went through security? I was like, that's good. Um, <laughs> and and we had this great chat. I didn't mention anything to her. Um, I don't know whether she was aware, but I don't. I doubt it. But she is a love, love, love. Darling. Um, a great interview and just an amazing, amazing woman. Uh, who, who, one thing, my takeaway from Gail was that she talks about Oprah a lot, which I think is really interesting. I was thinking about today and that a lot of times when you have a celebrity friend, you don't talk about them because people sometimes think you're bragging or whatever. Right. It's it's weird. And I, I kind of love that Gail owns that friendship and doesn't care. Like if anybody thinks she's Oprah name dropping. So that was kind of, I, I guess I was thinking of you in all honesty, about how sometimes like I won't necessarily say Alan, I'll say my friend. Because right. I don't want people to think like I'm like, I don't know, exploiting our friendship. Or maybe I don't want to share things about you to people that yes, are me. private to you. We've never really talked about this. I'm curious about how your life changed after you became the subject of a top international, not very well-selling book. Um, well, it was a lot of fun. I, <laughs> it was a story that 
lasted a lot longer than I ever, ever, ever would have imagined. And we um, love stretching out a story, don't we? <laughs> you do. <laughs> you know, I was thinking this morning that that night where we met Oprah was the season finale or the series finale of The Sopranos. Because remember, Edie Falco was at that table. Oh, so my that's God. a long time ago. That means she did Nurse Jackie. Was an entire different TV show <laughs> since then. So, and this, this story's lasted throughout that it's entire been time. The never and we're still talking about it. Story, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think when you did the press for it, this was kind of your go-to talk show story. Yeah. So that was very very fun um, to see all the different appearances, and you know, you went on Graham Norton's show and Nicole Kidman and. Keith Urban were on the show that day and yeah. they enjoyed the story and you were on James Corden's show and Nick Jonas was the guest that night and he enjoyed the story. Um, but my favorite moment of it all was when you were on Kelly Ripa's show. Mm. Uh, I think she was in between hosts that year. And um, the next day she had Busy Phillips as her co-host and I was the answer to the trivia question, which was so <laughs> hilarious. Alan Cumming appeared on Friday's show. Who did Alan say inadvertently came up with the name of his new book? Oh. Um, was it his friend Eddie? You mean you're getting some gratuitous pleasure about the fact that all these celebrities that were sitting next to me on, on well, that sofas was were... Well, I mean, it was, just, it was just fun also to just have friends come over. We would DVR it and we would watch it, you know, on the weekends yes. to just show my friends my fabulous life as a talk show topic. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your Oprah journey with me. Yeah, this was and super fun. I've loved leaning in to your you. Oprah journey, Eddie. And uh, it's been my dream to have you on my <laughs> podcast. And I now can have bigger dreams. Oh, me too. Thank you, Alan. Love you. All right. I love you. Thanks for coming on. Welcome and bienvenue. Welcome. Fremda. Étranger. Stranger. 